0: Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. It's the semi-annual sale at Mattress Firm. For a limited time, get huge savings of up to $500 on our top-rated mattresses. We have more than 15 beds with over four-star ratings on sale store-wide. Like our fan-favorite Sleepy's Firm Queen mattress, now just two ninety-nine. dollars You won't find this deal anywhere else. But hurry in, this sale ends Tuesday your budget stretches further at mattress firm restrictions apply valid at participating locations only for offer details visit mattressfirm.com slash sale the following program is a forbes and podcast one production
1: Hi, I'm Denise Restore, and you're listening to Mentoring Moments, a podcast where smart, witty, and bold women are sharing their triumphs and their skids. We aren't just talking, we're taking action, and we're inviting you to join us every week in my New York City apartment. Mentoring Moments is brought to you by Upside. The smart new way to buy business travel is Upside.com. You save money and get a free Amazon gift card every trip you buy. Use the code FORBES and you're guaranteed at least a $100 gift card your first time using Upside. Save big on travel and get a big gift card. Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. And sitting next to me, she's not even across, we're we're really up close here and that's great because I love her, is Fran Hauser. And she's our guest today, and I'm so excited. I'm really so excited.
2: Thank you for having me, Denise. I'm so excited to
1: be here. Well, the thank you goes to you, honey. So Fran is a self-made woman. She's an Italian immigrant who knows how to make stuff happen. It all started when she was really young, like in first grade, when she helped her dad run his business. So now fast forward to her adult years. She spent 15 years in media. She's best known for building people.com into one of the most profitable businesses at Time, Inc. That's huge, Fran. That's huge. Yeah. And three years ago, she moved into early stage investing with a focus on consumer and media. She has 17 companies in her portfolio and coach. So sit down when you hear this. And 14 of them are female founders. So this is where we clap and say, yay, Fran. <laughs> and, and to the women that you're supporting, That's like right. Hello Giggles and mm-hmm. Mogul and Levo and The Wing. She's a champion for women and girls around the world, and she has this really ultimate winning combination, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited you're here today, Fran, is it's a combination that I just love so much. You're successful and you're nice. Mm -hmm. And to show that I'm not the only person who thinks that, she's writing a book that will come out next May, and it's a book for women showing us that it's possible to be both nice and successful and strong at work. So, Fran's an advisor to many female led organizations, including her latest project, which is really exciting. She's advising Girl Starter, a new reality TV show on TLC. It's like Shark Tank meets Project Runway. So, Fran, thank you, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you for that introduction. Well, you're welcome. And we're going to jump in and do my mentoring moment. Usually my mentoring moments either something has happened last week or, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, or in the shower that morning. But this morning I went out to get a cup of coffee and I'm getting into the elevator and my neighbor is moving and the movers are there and the boxes are, you know, coming in and out. And I said, where are you moving to? He said, I'm not moving. I'm going to travel. And I thought. I want to say that I want to say I'm not moving, I'm going to travel. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, but I can say that if I really wanted to say that. Mm -hmm. Because the only thing that's holding me back from doing that Is not giving myself the time, figuring out how do I travel, because I'm keeping myself either glued behind the computer or whatever it is I'm doing that isn't what I really don't want to be doing. And why it hit me so much this morning is because we talk so much about, I say it all the time, I'm only going to do things that bring me joy. And I really believe that I'm not just saying that. And then I get off and say, you know, that was a crock. (laughs) I really don't. I really believe that I want to do things that bring me joy. But it hit me this morning that sometimes it's something small that is that baseball bat over the head that puts us into a different gear that says for me this morning, that was it. It said to me, the time is now to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. So saying you want to do things that bring you joy and really making an effort. I've been really, I've been really conscious of not saying yes to everything, but I'm still saying yes to way too many things. Mm -hmm. Um, But see, I don't know what it was about him saying that I want to travel. It was like, for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to do the things that I need to do to make the things I want Mm -hmm. to have happen.
2: Well, you know, it's, it's so interesting because I feel like we are in very similar places right now. I, had lunch the other day with Agapi Sassenopoulos, who's a mutual friend. Yes, of and ours. she's on the show. She's she's, a, of she's great. Of course, and yes. she is amazing, and we love her. And
1: I just have to interrupt because we're, she's a mutual friend of mine because of France, and that's mm-hmm. one of the things that makes you so great. You're so willing to share what you know and who you know. Yeah, um, so I don't want to interrupt your story, no, but I just want to say you. that, and that's and we all need to do that. And I try to do that as well, but you're just you're great at oh,
2: it. Oh gosh, no, it's my pleasure. And you know, I had this moment with her where we were at lunch. And she asked me how I was doing. And I literally went into this like litany of projects that I'm working on. You know, like I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm helping this nonprofit and I'm working on this reality TV show and, you know, investing in these companies. I wasn't even breathing, I don't think, as I was talking. And she literally stopped me and said, no, I, I just asked you how how you're doing. <laughs> not, not, what you're, not, not what there. you're doing. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. And it's this, you know, she in that moment, she made me realize how addicted I've become to sort of just achieving things and, and getting stuff done and executing and being busy. And she took out at the restaurant, they had these paper placemats and she wrote down, surrender the need to do more and be more period. You are enough period. And It was such a moment for me. I actually hung up the placemat in my office at home because like you, I feel like, and maybe it's because we're entrepreneurs, right? We're we're more sort of like, I think about when I was working at Time Inc and I just had like the big corner office job and I was just kind of like all in on that. Whereas now where I am in my life is I can choose the projects that I work on and there are so many interesting projects and it really is hard to say no, but just hearing from her that I'm enough like just as I am right now and fighting this sort of like need to be more, to, to do more, to be all things, to all people. It was an aha moment for me. And like, I feel like the fact that you and I, like we can choose which projects we work on. We have the freedom to do that. You have the freedom to say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stop doing that. And I'm going to create time and space for myself to travel. And to see the world, right? You can you can do that. You have the freedom to make that that decision. Exactly, but why? The question
1: that comes up though is like, why aren't we doing it? Why does it take Agapi writing this on a placemat? Why does it take my neighbor saying, "I'm going to travel"? It's like, what is it about us? I know. And I think it's yeah. we're pleasers. Number one, women are pleasers, right? Yes. And then I also yes. think it's the good girl. We want to do everything. Mm -hmm. We say yes to everything because we don't want, at least I'll speak for myself. I don't want to be left out. It's like, oh, and you want me to be on your
2: team it's FOMO, FOMO right. is definitely <laughs> the fear of missing part out. Of it. Right. For, I, I do think part of it is the good girl thing. I think it's the way we're wired. I think we do want to please people. Um, but there is this fear of missing out. And I think especially in this age of social media where you see all of the fabulous things that everyone is doing and that they're a part of. And there's this fear of, oh, if I say no to that, I'm not going to be a part of something that could be really big. Right. But we can't. You can't, right? We can't physically say yes to everything. It's just not possible. Like there isn't, there aren't enough minutes in the day. But I do think a lot of it is the way that we're wired, and changing that is not easy. No, right? It's like action by action, step by step, and being very conscious of it.
1: Yes, and a consultant years ago told me this, and it's a great visual that we're born. And this isn't this isn't scientific. This is to create a visual for us. We're born with these really thin wires in our brain. They're really, really thin. And as we start doing things and our behaviors are rewarded for success, those wires get thicker. And they get thicker. And she, she was a consultant in, for business for me. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to figure out how do you change, how do you get people to change when there is change in front of them, right? Because people, most people do not like change. So her point was those wires get bigger and fatter. And at some point, you just keep getting rewarded for that it's it's Behavior. brought you success Right. and so it just becomes what you always do because it brought success but i just saw a quote the other day and i think it was from stephen covey and i don't remember the exact quote but it was something about if you keep living in your history you have to live in your imagination not your history mm. and you know what can you imagine versus what have you done right when i was going through infertility treatment and that would lasted for 7 years I kept doing it because just try harder. If you try harder, it will work. Mm-hmm. My parents are second generation, but we grew up in a really small town outside of Pittsburgh that's, you know, very ethnic. And so yes. and it's Midwestern, right? It's that mentality of work harder, work harder, try harder, try harder. And that's great to have to have that integrity, that work ethic, yes. it's great, yes. but it sometimes it just goes overboard. It's yes. like, okay, just stop the presses now. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it took a great therapist to help me figure that out. I didn't get there on my own mm-hmm. to basically say the time has come where you're working harder, isn't working. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you, if you want to have a child, there are other ways to have a child and you don't need to keep doing this because your success is
2: not working. <laughs> it's just not working. But I w- couldn't come to that conclusion on my own. I was yeah. just try harder. Yeah. It's crazy how similar like you and I are, because I went through the same thing with infertility, you know, same thing, three years, went through the treatments and it was like, try, try again. And you needed the therapist. I needed a friend of mine to literally like come into my office when I was working at people magazine, she was working right next door to me. um, And she had to say to me, you know, Fran, there, there's more than one way to have a family. And right now you were just so focused on getting pregnant. And, you know, Getting pregnant is just one way to have a family. There are other ways. And sometimes you just need someone to intervene and say the right thing at the right time. It's that aha moment, right. right? Like you, like this morning, that's what happened to you. You needed that person to say to you, I'm not moving, I'm traveling. Right. And after talking and about it for months and months, it was that one
1: moment, that one moment of a guy that I like, barely know because in New York, you really don't know your neighbors. Okay. Right,
2: it's like, right. you might say hello, but you really don't know a lot mm-hmm. about them. But I do think there are those moments where you, you have to like pause and really take it in Um, There's a reason why that happened this morning, you know, and I think the fact that you are processing it and that you are thinking about, huh, you know, why aren't I traveling more? I think it's great that you're being open to it.
1: Well, I think that's the thing. We have to open ourselves up to the possibilities yes, and to realize whether it's having a family, there are different ways, whether it's making money to live or for whatever reason you want to make money for that there are different ways that it doesn't have to be just this because you're successful at it. Before we continue the conversation with Fran, I want to do a shout out to upside. I found an exciting new way to buy travel. It's upside.com at upside. You save money on travel and you get a free Amazon gift card worth hundreds of dollars. Every time you get savings and a big gift card free. Here's how they do it. Upside bundles your flights and hotel together for one low price. Bundling saves a ton of money, especially on business travel. So they give you an Amazon gift card. Your company saves money and you still keep all your miles. And right now, when you use the code Forbes, you're guaranteed a free $100 Amazon gift card your first time. The code Forbes Get you a guaranteed $100 Amazon gift card. That's like the best deal. How can you not do it? Upside. Save big on travel and get a big gift card every time. Go to Upside.com. That's Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details.
0: You're listening to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari.
1: Now back to our conversation with Fran Hauser. And I want to talk about
2: your mentoring moment. We'll circle around all this, but I want to make sure we get your mentoring moment in. Yeah, of course. So um, one moment that comes to mind is an experience that I had when I was at Time Inc. And I was running digital at the time for for the Style and Entertainment brand. So like for People Magazine, InStyle, Entertainment Weekly. And my boys were really little. I want to say they were maybe like two years old and six months. And they're how old now? And now they're six and a half and five. I was doing at the time, I was actually doing private yoga sessions like every Wednesday morning. Um, and it was really important to me because I just felt like there was so much going on in my life. And I was a new mom and I had this big job and I just sort of needed something in my week that would really center me and ground me. And um, there was this one particular morning where I was really stressed and I was on my way to yoga and I was thinking about this big presentation that I had to do that day. It was at the quarterly management meeting. And I was like one of five people presenting in front of the 250 to 300 most senior people in the company. Um, so very stressed about that. And then like, I was feeling guilty about not spending enough time with the kids because I was just working a lot at that time. So I just had a lot on my mind and I remember going into the session and i um, seeing Chrissy Carter, who um, was my yoga teacher and has since become like one of my dearest friends, really such a dear friend. And she just took one look at me and she said, what is wrong? Like, I just see it. I see it run all over your face. What's going on? And I just told her everything, you know, that I was feeling, that I was thinking. And she said to me, you know, Fran, you don't need to carry your worries with you everywhere. And Ooh, I she love said, that. you know, and it's, it's really, and, and she said for this hour, you know, you've, you've set aside this hour to really just focus on, on yourself. And, you know, this is all about self-care this hour. It's about you. And I want you to visualize a box. And I actually visualize like just this little wooden box, almost like a little like treasure chest. And she said, I just want you to take everything that you're worried about and put it into that box and close the box just for this hour, close the box. She said, I promise you when the hour is up, all those worries will be there waiting for you. You can access them when you're done, but for the next hour, let's just put those in the box and let's just really focus on you. And I thought, wow, this is kind of cool. Like I, again, like I, I feel like I, At that point, I needed permission. I needed somebody to say, like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to think about them right now. Just kind of set them aside. Um, You can separate yourself from them. And it worked. Like, they popped into my head every once in a while while we were doing yoga, but they didn't consume me. You know, whereas, like, that whole morning leading up to my yoga session, it was all that I was thinking about. So I think this idea of we all have worries we all have stresses we all have anxiety we you know and the idea of separating yourself from those things like just making the time for yourself to say, you know what for the next 30 minutes the next hour, I'm just gonna separate myself and from you- those worries and I'm and it's something that I still do today in terms of visualizing it works it works for me and it's interesting because like I I feel like, I told one of my friends about this and she visualizes a music box. Like for her, it's a music box. Like for one of my friends, it's an Amazon prime box that like comes in. That's the hilarious. That's hysterical. <laughs> Where's your head? But whatever it is, just like visualize it. And it's just about the separation. It's about the separation. And it's about the fact that you don't have to carry them with you every minute, every day, everywhere.
1: And that's, that is a great, I think if we can visualize things, it's easier yes. to put them somewhere. Right. Yeah. So now I have a couple of questions. Yeah. you After the session, yeah, you opened the box. What happened?
2: Well, (laughs) she she just gave me this. look. This is not going to be what you want to hear. Yeah. No, I mean, truthfully, like going through yoga for me, like taking that time to meditate and to stretch and to breathe. I just find like, I'm not doing enough of it right now, but I find that when I do do it, it is so helpful. And it really just puts me in a different state. I feel like I can, um, respond and react to things in a way where I'm not, you know, like the whole fight flight yes. response. Right. Yes. Can like, you describe yeah, that? For so listeners? like, so usually what happens is if, if something happens that threatens you in some way, usually you either fight, you go after the person, right. Um, it could be verbally or physically whatever. Um flight is where you just you take off. Like you don't you don't want to deal with it, so you just kind of you run away or freeze is literally you just you freeze. You you don't you don't know what to say. And there are different, you know, these are different reactions that you can have in different circumstances. And I feel like with yoga, like when I do yoga or when I meditate, that's the biggest benefit that I get from it is that I can be more thoughtful about my response to these situations that could be threatening, you know, or, or, or stressful. So I do feel like after that hour, I was in a better position to sort of like. To take them on and take them on You're stronger. I was stronger. I definitely was stronger. I, I think where it helped me the most was with the presentation that I had to do that day, because it was like an hour later. And I think it just really sort of put me in a good, a good place. And she also, in terms of visualizing, she had me visualize presentations that I've done in the past. That went well. And she had me think about how I felt after they went well. And that's also a really good thing to do because you're basically reminding your brain that like, you can do this. You've presented before. You've been successful at it. So you can do this. So I do think that I, I was better prepared.
1: And what do you think it was? Because you do present a lot. You're, you're a great speaker because I think sometimes when we get on stage or for me, there are days where I'm like, this is okay. And other days where I actually have like this, I can
2: feel like this mini panic attack going on. I know. I get that too a lot. And I think for me in that moment, what was happening was we had a brand new CEO. Like Time Inc. had gone through five CEOs in three years. So I felt like I had to constantly be proving myself to the new CEO. And that was the first time that I was going to be presenting not only in front of the new CEO, but it was the new CEO, me and three other people that were presenting. So I felt like I was being given this opportunity, this huge opportunity, and I really did not want to mess it up. So it goes back to Agape and you are enough? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. It goes everything goes back to Agape. agape. (laughs) Everything goes back to Agapi. But but I still like it's it's so amazing to me. Like I do speak often and I still get nervous before I speak. I find like once I'm up there and I'm like two minutes in, I'm fine. I am totally fine. I'm actually enjoying it. But it's the night before, the morning of, you know, getting on stage. I still get that anxiety. It's just, it's something. And I think also for me when I was younger, because I'm an Italian immigrant and I didn't start speaking English until I was like in first or second grade, I was always very quiet, because I was nervous that people wouldn't understand me. So like even in kindergarten, I didn't speak a word of English. So I was always left out of things. And I think that it's amazing how like that was, you know, whatever, 40 years ago. And I, and I can still feel like how awful that felt, you know, to just be, to be left out, to not be included in things. And then in first grade, when I started speaking the language, I would speak in Whispers. So like I literally have my report card from first grade, which is, you know, okay, Fran is is speaking the language now, but she's speaking in whispers. You know, and then in second grade I started my, my voice got a little bit stronger and stronger and so I feel like I've always had this sort of anxiety around my, my voice and a lot of it comes from just the fact that my native language isn't right English which I think
1: is amazing because you have such a strong voice oh. and I think for our listeners I think that's something that's it's there's a great lesson in all of this in that how we project isn't always how we feel mm-hmm. and we can overcome that little girl inside of us whatever yes. that little girl is yes. if it's something we truly want to do I'm not suggesting we do things you don't want to do but you can't we can overcome these
0: It's the semi-annual sale at Mattress Firm. For a limited time, get huge savings of up to $500 on our top-rated mattresses. We have more than 15 beds with over four-star ratings on sale store-wide. Like our fan-favorite Sleepy's Firm Queen mattress, now just two ninety-nine. dollars You won't find this deal anywhere else. But hurry in. This sale ends Tuesday. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com. sale.
2: Hey, everyone. It's Caitlin Bristow. Starting May 30th, you can listen to my show, Off the Vime, with Caitlin Bristow, every Tuesday on Podcast One. Hear me take on taboo topics and unfiltered advice. I'll also be dishing with some amazing celebrities. Oh, and did I mention there'll be wine? So grab a glass and join me every Tuesday on podcast1.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts.
1: continuing the conversation here on mentoring moments we're brought to you by wordpress.com more websites run on wordpress than on any other platform create your blog or small business website today and get 15 percent off any new plan purchase at wordpress.com slash forbes that's wordpress.com slash forbes Someone said to me you know, years ago that we think that successful women, they've got it all under control, right? They're great public speakers because we see them on stage. They're great running a business because we see their companies making huge profits. They're great at all of these things. Then you go to dinner with them and have a one-on-one, and it's not the case. They aren't this superwoman that we think that we need to be just like. And, you know, I think that goes in that area as well as like Facebook. We see everybody doing something really great. And we talk about that a lot on the show is that, you know, this one has four kids and she's doing great and this one has this great job. So I'm going to be all of those things. And we do it, I think, too, with successful women. It's like, well, she's successful because she does this and
2: she does that. I'm going to do them all. I agree with that. I feel like we put these women like, you know, up on a pedestal and everyone has their stuff, you know, that they're carrying around. And it's, it's obviously there's no such thing as perfection. You know, everyone's got their anxieties their stresses. I always think about this this, from the standpoint of like, I feel like I'm always falling short in at least one area of my life. You know, like right now for me, like I'm not doing a great job when it comes to self care. Like I feel like, I'm doing actually okay when it comes to like making time for the kids and really focusing on my career and writing the book and, but I haven't exercised in three months. And then I end up feeling so guilty about that, that I haven't exercised in three months. Um, have a piece of that pie. I, you know, exactly. <laughs> that would be me. I'll have a right. piece of pie. but I'm not eating well <laughs> right. and it's, it's just this like, you know, downward spiral. But for me personally, like I always feel like there's a part of my life you can't do it all. Like something has to give. And, why? It, and maybe in like a, you know what, maybe in a couple of, maybe once I have the book written, then, you know, maybe I will focus more on myself and maybe my career won't be as much of a priority. Who knows?
1: But I, why is it, why is it your self care? I'm, I'm the same as you, so I'm not criticizing yeah. you. I am the same yeah. as you. It's like. My self-care, I won't eat as healthy as I should. I'll grab something quickly because I don't have time. And we're lucky we live in a city where everything can be delivered, but that has its downsides also, that everything can be delivered. And I don't take great care of myself sometimes. And even though I might drink a green drink and think I am, I'm really not, because I'm not taking time to even as Agapi says, I mean Agapi is sending me to her friend who is the breathing expert yes. because she was like I was saying but I was like going blah blah blah. She's like, Honey, you need to breathe. Okay. You need to breathe. I'm sending you to my friend. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to her friend. I'm going to, oh to her friend to learn how to breathe. Oh my god! And, but she's right. I don't breathe. I don't breathe when I eat. And I've watched this. It's like I just – it's not that I inhale my food. I don't take breaths. No. I'm just too busy no. to get to the next thing. No. No. And we're just going so fast. But why is it we're leaving ourselves out and not doing the whole thing on the airplane that we
2: need the oxygen I before know. we can and administer it to someone I, else? I, you know, it's <sighs> – I am so with you on this. I can't even tell you like my mother who I'm the oldest of four. I remember when we first, when we adopted Anthony, my, my oldest son, and I remember her saying to me, you know, Fran, you have to take care of yourself first. If you take care of yourself first, everything else will fall into place. You'll be a great mom. You'll be, no, nah, no. Nah, nah. You have to like, if you feel like it, go take a shower. If you need to take a nap, take a nap. Like you have to take care of yourself first. And it's totally common sense, right? It, it makes a lot of sense, but maybe it goes back to the whole achievement thing. Like where I feel it makes me feel so good when I get something accomplished that I can like check off the list, Right. whether it's like something that I'm doing for my son's school, or if it's the chapter that I'm writing for the book that you like, there's this sort of sense of it's self-worth. There's something about, I feel like my self-worth is tied to the stuff that I get done, the things that I achieve, right, and maybe like taking care of myself, I don't value it. I don't value it as much as I value these other things. Or is it you think
1: you can do that tomorrow?
2: Maybe it's like you
1: know I, I, like I can't know, do we'll these to tomorrow, but I'll do that tomorrow. I didn't do
2: it today, but I'll do it tomorrow. Well, you know why there are no deadlines associated. Right. I so, think that's a big part of it. You're right; there are no deadlines attached to self care. Like if I have to do something for my son's school, right? It's it's it the, has to the get done. Is tomorrow; it has to get done, right? If I have to, like, submit the chapter to my editor, there's a deadline for that. Right. There are deadlines for these things. There are no deadlines around taking care of yourself. Right. It's right. not like it's not, it's not in my calendar. It's not. So I think that's the problem. You're right. You can always get to it at some, at some point. And I think
1: we tend to do that, too, with our family members a lot. It's like, you know, my husband, my wife, my partner, whoever is in your life, they can come second to a lot of things. Right. Because they'll understand like all these other things, nobody's going to understand. This person I want to impress—they're not going to understand. But the person who loves me—and it goes back to when we were younger, right? Your mother will always love you. So when you think about being an adolescent, you could like say, "I hate you," knowing that your mother will always yes. love you. Yes. And I and yes. I think we and and we're not focusing on what's most important. And it's not just you and me. This is universal. universal. I'm telling, I mean, every woman I have talked to is sharing this. Okay, so I'm going to help you, and you can help me. Something I've done, and I thank Christina Valletta for this. I was telling her one day, I thought she looked so great. And she told me that she does Pilates. This was over a year and a half ago. And I was like, I want to look like Christina Valletta. For those of you who don't know Christina Valletta, she's like five, seven and she's gorgeous. Beautiful. Right. Gorgeous. <laughs> but I was like, okay, if I can just have a piece of how she looks on the abbey, taller, blonder, blue eyes, there's that. just a few changes <laughs> that would have to be made. <laughs> so, Cause I'm like five, three, <laughs> but anyway, you know, you have to have something to aspire to. So I started doing Pilates, and I did them one day a week. Now I do it three days a week to the point that there's one class, and I do some privates, mostly classes. um, There's one class every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m., So you can only sign up a month in advance. You can't sign up longer. So like the day of 30 days beforehand, you have to sign up. up. I sometimes stay up until 1202 for that morning to sign up because you can't get in this class. And this woman's privates are all booked. So you can't get it. She's like impossible. The other day I get up at 6 a.m., I forgot to do it the night before I go to do it. And I'm second on the wait list. And I was feeling like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I won't be taking that class that day. And I thought this is really good that it's become such a way of life for me. That, want do, that I want to, want to, do, want to do, it, do it. Right. And that I right. really am taking good care, I'm taking better care of myself mm-hmm. than I was a year and a half ago. So maybe so that's great. Maybe I'll help you figure that out. what well. <laughs> thank you. So just keep Christina Valetta in your head. And <laughs> it's like, I'll just, like put but a you picture look great. Her up but see I think route that's route the route other route. thing too. You look great. So you don't have that feeling of I need to go work out because I'm not looking great. You look great. Thank and you and we thank I think we wait for those external things. But but it's internally that we're not doing well well, yeah. That would, Pilates helps me great. Yeah, so
2: what so what do you like about Pilates? I'm curious.
1: It's, it's the same thing with yoga in a way you can't think about anything. It probably less than in yoga. I remember when I took yoga and I would be in the tree pose and I this is like hilarious and I would even do this. And I would look out and I would see the tree and I would be in the tree pose, and you know, one leg is up, the other one you're like putting your balancing on one leg and your hands are in front of you and you're in prayer position. And I would be thinking this is when I started being an entrepreneur. And my dad had just passed away and I would be like, Daddy, please, please, please make Disney pay their bill. Please, please, please make uh-huh. Disney pay their bill. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, this, this is, is really this, is, really, this, this is, is not what yoga is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be to the revenue gods. <laughs> Pray to the revenue gods. So in in Pilates, because you have so many moving parts of your body, you have to focus yeah. on what yes. you're doing. So it really clears my mind. So before we continue the conversation with Fran, I want to do a shout out to WordPress. So I have been on the search for that perfect bathing suit, you know, the dreaded perfect bathing suit. And I've been going to all the major department stores in Manhattan. And the other day I stumbled upon a boutique in Greenwich Village that specializes in really cool bathing suits and they have great service. It's now my new go-to place for all things sun and sand. I just love supporting local businesses because they are the heart of our communities. But how can a small business make a really big impact? One great and easy way is to create a website for your business or for your personal blog on WordPress.com. So even if you don't have a clue how to build a website, WordPress.com can guide you through the process, starting with customized themes. Plus, when you're on WordPress.com, you'll get built-in social sharing and search engine optimization. On WordPress.com, you're part of a community that's 24-7 support. So come see why nearly 30% of all websites run on WordPress and why more websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Get started today with a 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to WordPress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes for 15% off your brand new website wordpress.com slash Forbes. Continuing the conversation here on Mentoring Moments, a shout out to FreshBooks. FreshBooks is a ridiculously easy to use cloud accounting software for small business owners that saves you time and gets you paid faster. It's now used by over 10 million people worldwide. For your 30-day free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter mentoring moments in the how did you hear about us section. Now back to the conversation with Fran. What I want to talk about though is being nice and Mm -hmm. being successful. Mm -hmm. So give me an example of how that plays out or tell me something about being nice or how that plays out, how you can be nice and successful.
2: Well, you know, I think there's this um, perception that as a woman, if you're, too nice in the workplace, you can be perceived as being a weak or being a pushover. And if you're too strong, you know, on the flip side, you can come across as bitchy or being, you know, too aggressive. And for a lot of young women that I talk to, they really struggle with that that balance of like how can I be nice and be strong at the same time. And I think a lot of it has to do with The benefit of being nice for me is all about building relationships that are based on trust. And I feel like that's what I've been able to do over the course of my career because I tend to be warmer and more empathetic and caring. And, you know, especially when it comes to the people on my team and clients and my peers that I've built all of these relationships based on trust And those relationships, they pay back in spades, you know, whether it's like you need somebody to have your back or like you pick up the phone to call someone, you need a favor, like you get the call back. So I think for me, nice is all about being warm, being caring, being empathetic, building those relationships. But at the same time, like you can't be so warm and so empathetic that you're putting yourself last. And that you're letting people step all over you. Like you still have to be able to stand your ground and make the tough call. And like, I'll give you an example. I feel like, especially as a leader, I think about the different teams that I've run. I was constantly put in positions where I had to make really tough decisions And when you're a nice person, you like to get buy-in. You like to ask everybody for their opinion, right? Yes, I'm with you. Right? Yes. So like, and I do that, right? Like I ask the people on my team, you know, I could think of an example where we were launching a product and I asked everyone on my team for their opinion. Okay. But I had to make a decision like within 24 hours, because if I didn't make that decision, I knew that we weren't going to be able to launch the product on time. So I listened to everybody. But the next day I just, I called everybody in. that was the nice thing to do. But then the next day I just called everybody into the office. I thanked everyone for their thoughts, their opinions, their input, their feedback. And then I, you know, I said, look, I I really appreciate everyone's input. I, I've made a decision. Um, some of you are not going to be happy with the decision, but in order for us to move forward as a team and get this product, you know, launched in time, I had to make a decision and this is the decision that I made. So I think that's an example where you can be nice. You can get the input. But at the end of the day, you have to make the call. But if you're asking
1: people for their input and then you don't do what they say, Mm -hmm. what do you do with that?
2: But I think for me, it's always about explaining how I came to the decision that I came to. And I am very honest with people. Like I will say some of you will not be happy with this decision, but this is the decision that I made. Here's my thought process. Here's how I I got to this decision. And I think so much of it too is – the tone that you use, it's, you know, I was talking about this with my friend Susan this morning, smiling, being warm, you know, like sometimes just a touch, like touching someone, like it can diffuse the situation. So I think your tone, the language that you use, your nonverbal cues, I think just really making people feel like they were heard. But at the end of the day, you do have to be a leader, you know, And, and you do have to, because the alternative is that, you just keep asking everybody for their opinion and it's like days later and you're, you're, you still haven't made a decision, right? Then you come across as wishy-washy, not being able to make a decision, not strong and not respected that I think that's how you lose respect. So that's the downside of being too nice. You want to be nice, but you also want to be respected so you do have to make those calls and, and people and want a leader they want a leader i remember when i was promoted to vice
1: president at usa today and because i came through the ranks everybody in my department we all would work together and we did this thing every week it was it's a long story anyway we was we would stand out at the filing cabinets and we would have an assembly line to put envelopes together this is in the olden days right this is before digital to send off to our Regional offices. And it was kind of a gathering. We would all get together and we would chat. And I would go out there still with everyone. And one day, one of the women said to me, one of the young women said to me, You know, we know how to do this. Could you like go do something else? It's not that we don't want to be with you. But we know how to do this. Right. right. Go do we something don't we don't hear. know how to do. Yeah, okay? exactly. Yeah. And that was a moment for me of saying yeah. people want to be led. They want they a leader. They want to they be heard. Do. They want someone to make the decisions. Yes. They're not ready to make something, not yes. everyone, but the people who aren't ready to make the decisions who are learning. And that they're, that you really do
2: have to be able to make a decision. It's really frustrating for people when they're working for someone who is indecisive. Yes. You've worked for people. I mean oh my I've worked God. for people like that. Yes. And I'm like, just shoot me. Yes. Like seriously, like at that point it's like just make a decision. Right. I don't even care if I agree with the decision or not, just make a decision so that we can move forward. Right. Because I also feel like for me one of the biggest things that I've always been really careful to do and I think it's really important is defining what success looks like for a team, like really being able to express in 3 months and 6 months like if we do this that's a great outcome and we should all feel really really good about that. If you don't define what success looks like, it is so confusing for people because then goals are not aligned. This one is moving in this direction, the other one is moving in you know the other direction. So, I think just from the very outset, like as a leader, defining what success looks like is really really critical and making those tough calls also really really critical, but there are also things like, I think about Ann Moore, who's the CEO at Time Inc. Mm -hmm. and I worked for her for a really long time. One of the things that she did that I loved is she would always bring people together from around the company at different levels. And she would do these breakfasts. They were usually like once a month and she would always start by going around the room and asking everyone to mention something that they were grateful for. And it didn't have to be related to work. It was just say something you're grateful for. And it set the tone for the whole entire breakfast because you know, like when you just even verbalize something that you're grateful for, it makes you happy.
1: Right. Versus going into the meeting
2: thinking, I'm so upset about this and I'm I'm upset about that. And I can't wait to get a raise. This is going wrong and that's going wrong. And so like, even as a leader, as you know, she was at that point, she was the CEO of a 10,000 person plus company. And I thought, wow, that's like such a great thing to do just from a tone setting perspective. So, as a mentor, right, we always talk about like our mentors and I feel like I've been so blessed to have women like her as my mentor.
1: The example about Anne I think is really important because she had a very powerful position and but still was doing something that was very, I'm going to say in quotes, soft. Yes. Okay. So very Come and tell me something that you're grateful for. Goes into that zone of yeah. okay, la la land a little right. bit, right? Okay. okay, this is about business. What? What? Right. And right. I think that that's really important, though, because all of our lives do merge. Our personal lives, our professional lives, and as much as we want to act rough and tough, and you know, I can control. We can't. No. Men can't either. This no. is not a woman thing. No one can control no. it all. And so I think being able to say you can be human. You can be nice. You can help others. You can bring out the niceness in others yes. by leading by example. Yes, that's right. and, and I think that's why everyone, I think, just loves you so much because you are nice, but you know what you're doing. You make decisions. Mm-hmm. You're not wishy-washy, but you do it in such a great way that it's a real it's a real, it's a real talent thank no it really percent, is and not and even as a talent I don't know if that's the right word but it's just a, a great um they're great virtues thank they you. have thank you to be able to be nice and get done because mm-hmm. we don't have to be bitchy No. and we don't have to be in la la land 100 no. percent of the time either no. and that's that combination thank you before we get into i'm done with that i want to do a shout out to fresh books A curious thing happened to FreshBooks on its way to becoming the largest cloud accounting software platform for small business owners in the world. As a company, they've managed to stay small while soaring to over 10 million users strong. Or is it the other way around? Has FreshBooks customer base soared because their company has stayed small? Named as a small giant on Forbes' list of best small companies this year, FreshBooks has been recognized for focusing on greatness over growth. By drastically simplifying tasks like tracking expenses and getting paid online, invoicing so you can send professional-looking invoices in about 30 seconds, and delivering award-winning customer service that usually picks up in under three rings, FreshBooks has changed how small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. But this is only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do, and they want you to see more. To claim your 30-day free trial, no credit card required, just go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter Mentoring Moments in the How Did You Hear About Us section.
0: Now back to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari.
1: So now we're going to do with I'm done with that, and I'll start with... I'm done with, I was thinking this the other day, and I, I, I don't know why I was thinking about it, but I'm done with trying to be someone else. And here's the part why I don't know what I, why I was thinking about this. When I was in, middle, I guess, like ninth grade, and this is in the, in the 60s, and we did pen pals. Right? We didn't have computers. We, didn't have, we certainly didn't have cell phones. And everything was done by mail, by the U.S. Postal Service. And so I wanted to get a pen pal, a girl pen pal, not even a guy pen pal, a girl pen pal. And instead of sending my photo, I sent a photo of another girl in my class who I thought was prettier
2: than me. <laughs> Christina Valetta. It was Christina Valetta, no. She was blonde. No. No.
1: And I, that, that's the story. I don't know why I was thinking about that, but it came back to me and I was laughing at myself. But in all seriousness, I'm very happy with being me. There are improvements that need to be made, and we're all works in progress. But I'm glad I'm over that. That I don't look at someone and think I want to be, I want to look like mm-hmm. them. I can say, you know, I like the way she looks. She looks healthy. I want to know mm-hmm. her secrets. What is she doing mm-hmm. to look so good? But I don't want to be her anymore.
2: I love that. Right. Do you um, do you ever feel jealous?
1: I do. And you know what? And then I, here's what I do. I say, first of all, that, that doesn't do us any good, right? What, what on God's earth can feeling jealous do me? So that's, I go into that realistic and say, and then I try to really figure out what is it that's making me feel that way. And usually it's what we were talking about earlier. It's that I want to do it all. It's like, well, she got invited to speak there. And I, and so now what I think, you know what, she needs that more than I do mm-hmm. because the universe put that in front of her because she needs it more than I do. So I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to help her yes. whatever she's doing. If I can help her, if she wants my help yes. or not, but if, if, if at least I'm going to put good vibrations into the universe for her versus the, well, with my hands on my hips kind of, well, why didn't I get
2: that? Mm-hmm. I do think I, I love the idea of kind of getting to the root of why, like, why am I feeling this? Right. Right. And then think about, Look at all the amazing things that are happening. Exactly. because goes to the gratitude, life. right? It's like, right? well, look at what I have. And it's not even saying, look at what I have
1: that she doesn't have. Yes. It's like, why am I yes. even going why there? Am I I've even got even all these great there? things going on. Right. And then when you really get to it, did you even want that? No. Okay. Which, know, which, which somebody weird. else has when you right. think about it. It's like, I really don't want it anyway. Right. Exactly. So why am I even like spending time? Yes.
2: Yeah, exactly. And
1: if I do want it, then figure out not how do I get it? Not instead of her, right. but how do I then get it in the future yes. that I'm looking at and saying, I want to
2: do that. Yes. And I do like, one of the things that I talk about a lot is this whole idea of um, a zero sum game. And I've always taken the approach of if she wins, it doesn't mean necessarily that I have to lose. Exactly. Yes. Like, we can both win. Actually, we can both win. So, and I think that's really important because I would say that a generation or two back, when there were e- when there were even fewer leadership roles for women, I think there was so much competition. I I just hear this from like women that are my mentors that there was so much competition because they felt like oh there were only going to be a few of these roles for women, so it was more of a zero sum game. Whereas I I don't believe in that today, you know I and think it that goes it's of it goes to abundance. It's it's so it's abundant an abundance right mentality, you know so. Um, I'm I'm completely with you on that. And what are you done with? What am I done with? I think I'm done with trying to be all things to all people. And it does kind of go back to this whole idea of like being busy and like doing everything and feeling this need to be more, to do more. I really just want to like take some time and just be content with where I am right now in my life. And, you know, just kind of look around and say, there's some like really great stuff going on and I think about the impact that I have on younger women and how much I love mentoring and just like you, like amplifying their voices and the time that I'm spending with my children and there's a lot of good stuff going on. There's like, there's really nothing to complain about, you know? I'm kind of like done with the whole complaining too. Right. I, I don't, right. Because you know, sometimes like women like to get together and like and, you know, I just feel like for where I am right now in my life, like there's no, it's not productive. You know, complaining is just not, it's not productive. Right, with complaining,
1: jealousy. None of those things. Right. It's like change the situation then, right? And it's, yeah. it's not at the sake of somebody else. It's, yes. Um, I, I know somebody who was in a bad marriage and they were saying, but when I talk to all my friends, their wives are just like her. And I'm like, okay, then you just hang out with a really strange group of people.
2: Right. Because my life's nothing right. like that. Right. And. That is the one thing I feel like I've gotten better at over the years is um, weaning off of those people in my life that just bring like really negative energy or sort of like, I I don't like myself when I leave coffee with them or a drink with them. I don't like the way that I feel or like the person that I am. I love when I'm with people and I leave my time with them feeling happy and feeling joyful and just really feeling good about myself. And like, those are the people that I'd like to surround myself with now. Right. And I'm not saying this
1: because you're here, but I was thinking about this earlier this morning when I was saying I was excited you were coming over and it was like, and I said this to Lewis this morning, I said, I'm so excited because Fran's coming over. And I said, whenever I'm with Fran, I leave feeling inspired or I leave feeling better than I felt when I got there. That it's just this great Uh, feeling when you're with the right people, you leave just better. Yes. And that's where we want to put our time. If somebody is not doing that, then quit spending your time with them. Right. Okay. So now we're going to do takeaways. I've crowdsource questions from our listeners. And one of the big questions they have for you that kind of goes with that being nice and being successful, is because we all make mistakes, mm-hmm. no matter how nice we are and how successful we are. What do you do when you make a huge mistake?
2: Okay, so that's a great question. And it's interesting because I feel like when I think about being younger, like being in my 20s, and making mistakes I would beat myself up (laughs) for sure and I would internalize it a great deal and one of the things that I've learned to do over the years is actually to talk about it with someone because I found that the more I thought about it like the more it was in my head it would fester and I would get more and more upset And there's something really freeing about just verbalizing it, even with my husband, you know, and just saying to him, this happened. I feel terrible. Like I totally screwed up. And by doing that, you and you and I were talking a little bit about this this morning, right? By verbalizing it with somebody who's completely objective, they look at it and they're like, it's really not that bad. All right. So they they put it into perspective for you. It's really, really not that bad. So I always find that that helps to diffuse it and it helps me, feel better about it and then I need some time like a couple of days usually away from it where then I can be more objective myself and get into okay what can I learn from this now so you know I screwed up whatever I, I, I could have done that better so how do I learn how do I learn from this and you know is there somebody I need to apologize to is there is there a conversation that I need to have um, with someone or is it just something that for the future i need to i need to think about when i'm in this situation again that you know that i i can learn kind of from this moment but i do usually need some separation like in terms of like two or three days from the time that it happens before i can really see it clearly
1: because it's raw when it first happens right and it's it's still i find that all the time we were talking about as we were talking about earlier that you say to someone i'll say to lewis and this happened and he'll be looking at me like okay I'm not getting it. I'm not getting why you're upset about this happen. It's really not that big of a deal. And then when you talk to your friends and they say, really, it's not that big of a deal. It really, and then it makes me say to myself, what is it though, that's bothering me about it? Right. Was it something, was it a piece that's for me that's so personal that it bothers me? And then as you said, you
2: know, being able
1: to move on from it. But I do find that if you put it in that box, so to speak, and When you get back to it, it has a whole different meaning than when you're in the moment. You just have to get yourself out of it and apologize if you've upset someone, if you've hurt someone. And you just got to keep moving
2: forward because I realize, I mean, we all make, everyone makes mistakes. Yes, absolutely. And you're right. Also really thinking about like, what is it? uh, What is it that's really bothering me? Was it embarrassing? Right. So am I upset because I embarrassed myself in front of people? Am I upset because I, I hurt someone, like an individual? But like really getting to the, why, like, why am I, right? So that is important. And sometimes you do need that time and space to see it clearly and see it objectively. And here's another question. Yeah. Do you ever regret leaving corporate
1: America to become mm. an entrepreneur?
2: You know, I, I would say most of the time I do. Don't regret it. I love the lifestyle. I love the flexibility. I love the fact that I'm not commuting into the city five days a week. You know, I live in I live outside of the city. I have a nice kind of balance between spending a day or two days a week here in the city, getting the energy from the city, meeting people. But then like the rest of the week, being able to be – At my house, working out of my home office, doing meetings up there. Um, And it just gives me so much more time to see the boys. So overall, I would say I really love it. There are moments, though, for sure, where I miss the perks (laughs) sometimes. I'm not going to lie. But for the most part, I I really – I love – I love this – this lifestyle. It's really working for me for where I am in my life right now. And people will ask me, do you ever see yourself being in a big operating role again? And I think they expect me to say no, but I always say never say never, because there could be a time in my life where that might make sense for me to go back into that, you know, into that big operating role. So it's something I'm completely open to. I, one of the things I missed was the infrastructure Yeah, that you didn't
1: walk down the hall and even being able to say, what do you think about what do you think about? And the infrastructure to get things done. Yes.
2: And right. So, you have a problem with your computer. Right, so someone was right, there. Someone was there to fix it for you. Right. Yeah. And
1: so what that has also led to is something I'm done with is being the, like the keeper of all info because you are a one person show. I keep all my emails. I keep everything, right? Because there's no one to say, well, my assistant can help me find it or whatever. But because of that, then everybody comes to me. For like, well, do you have a copy of it? Because I always have a copy of everything because I keep it all. So I'm kind of done with that. I'm, I'm done, and I would be like proud. Yeah, I have a copy. I have. I have a copy. And I'm like, okay, I'm done with being proud of something that makes absolutely no difference. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that meaningful. Right. Exactly.
2: And, and I don't want to be the keeper of right. all emails. And it's such a time suck. Right.
1: Right. This is it's not something that's the best use of my right, time. Right. Because then
2: you're probably organizing everything. Right. Right. So sure if somebody all, if I need this. Right. Exactly. But I miss the infrastructure.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I I I hear you. And on the that, energy for sure. that comes from being around other people.
2: Definitely, I would say that. I think that's why. Um, I don't know if I could ever just like work out of my house. I, I like coming into the city. I, I work out of House, which is in the Flatiron District. It's this beautiful co-working it's space. Very pretty. It's beautiful, and I, I just, it's my my day during the week where I just do meetings all day. You know, I, I have like seven or eight meetings set up, and I think it's important to 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 have that. Right. You know, to have that human interaction and. Um, just hear new ideas and, you know, hear like what people are working on. And, but I, I also, I'm naturally an introvert. So you are too. So I'm an introverted extrovert. That's exactly what I am, you know? And I, and, and so I, I also like the time in my home office where I can really be creative and focus and, you know, spend time by myself. So having both is really important to me. Um, So I, I feel like Noya house for me has just been a godsend. It's, it's like my, it's my happy place when I'm here in the city.
1: Yeah. And I think for both of us, people probably laugh when they hear that we're introverts because we seem to be such extroverts, but
2: I get that all the time. Whenever I say I'm an introvert, the next thing I hear is, but you're a social butterfly. You have this huge network. You have so many people in your life. You have so, for me, what I mean when I, when I say introvert is that I really get a lot of energy from within myself. And like the idea of like going to a party where I don't know anyone and just doing small talk all night is so overwhelming Me too, and daunting. Me too. And I, draining. And it's draining. Like, I say yes all the way over. I'm like thinking, why am I doing this? Yes. I don't want to
1: do this. It's so depleting yes. of
2: energy. Like I love this. I love the one-on-one. I love being with my close girlfriends, but like doing those like cocktail parties yes. where I don't know anyone, it's not good. I agree. Not a good situation. For and that's me. probably very why you're depleting. so good at when people come into like when we did when you did a Goppy's book party of bringing people
1: together. It's like come over here, I want you to meet this person. Yes. because you probably recognize how that feels to Actually, be Actually, that is
2: really true. Who and doesn't be- know anyone? That is very true. And because I score so high on empathy, like right? I really put myself <laughs> in people's so shoes, right? I score so I high. I have my my coach who I've worked with for years who I love. Um, you know, she did all these personality tests with me and I am like such an operator. I have this like operating rigor about me, but she literally said, Fran, thank God you score so high on empathy and on relational skills because you would be a tyrant.
1: Right. You'd be dangerous. You'd be so dangerous and nobody would want <laughs> right. to be around right. you. So, <laughs> so we have to go and you're going to, you'll be leaving me to go to your next favorite place.
2: Aww. But tell us where we can find you. Twitter fran underscore hauser is a a great place to connect with me and also on linkedin at fran hauser and we'll do a post and thank you thank Thank you you. (laughs) thank you denise really you're amazing ditto huge thanks to
1: everyone for joining us today and to make sure you're getting mentoring moments the moment it's live every wednesday download episodes at the podcast one app or Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or at podcastone.com. And here's that big action. While you're there, make sure to rate, review, and share. And check out my show notes on forbes.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts about, do you ever feel jealous? If yes, what do you do to change that script in your head? And when you're having a bad day, can you visualize that box that Fran talked about? mine is bright pink that you can stow away your worries and concerns for a few hours and do you think being nice and successful can coexist in a person's lifestyle talk to me i'm easy to find always on twitter at denise Rastari, and until next week keep sharing your stories because your stories matter
0: download new episodes of mentoring moments every Wednesday at podcastone.com forbes.com the podcast one app or you can subscribe at iTunes.
2: I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And we're the
0: hosts of The Limit Does Not Exist, a podcast for human Venn diagrams.
2: That's right. We talk to people with intersecting interests in the arts, STEM, entrepreneurship, and so much more. The easiest way to explain science to non-scientists is to use art.
0: I worry that we lose a lot of creative engineers because our engineering curriculum is
2: not creative. Education should be about empowering people to become better thinkers, good problem solvers, creative inventors, and ethical caring citizens.
0: Download new episodes of The Limit Does Not Exist every Monday on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. It's the semi-annual sale at Mattress Firm. For a limited time, get huge savings of up to $500 on our top-rated mattresses. We have more than 15 beds with over four-star ratings on sale store-wide. Like our fan-favorite Sleepy's Firm Queen mattress, now just two ninety nine. dollars you won't find this deal anywhere else. But hurry in. This sale ends Tuesday. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com sale.
1: I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, they are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower that does not appear to be following, following the rule of law is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States, uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.